at this point, the Kansas City Chiefs have been going to the AFC Championship game for more than a half decade, so that's not really weird. I will say that yesterday was the first time that I ever saw famous model and actress Cara Delevingne hyping up a drunk grizzly bear in the Kelsey family suites, so that was kind of weird. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Only Weird Games, formerly known as Time's Ours. The Chiefs are going to Baltimore for the AFC Championship game. The Arrowhead Invitational hits the road, but the Chiefs will be involved yet again. We'll break down everything that led to that right here in today's edition of Only Weird Games here on KC Sports Network. I am Joshua Briscoe. That man there is Seth Kaiser. Nate Taylor, literally on his way back from Buffalo, and I don't mean he's in a plane. I don't mean that he's in the air right now. I mean he is on his way back from the airport, so he will join us in progress tonight as long as, you know, the roads are an ice rink, which Seth, I know you're in Minnesota. You probably don't know what that's like. Total ice rink today. I got out to my car and I just slid down to the uh, end of my driveway so I could stand up my uh, recycling dumpster that had been knocked over. And then I shuffled back up and I grabbed my car and I pulled myself up the driveway with it. So that was fun. Pulled yourself up the driveway with your car? I grabbed like the, you know, where the trunk connects to the back of the windshield there. Sure. Stability. And yeah. I just kind of pulled. And so I just slid on up. It was great. Yeah, you're 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 crawling after that like Chris Jones after a fumble. <laughs> um No, that's uh I man, there's a really good joke, and by really good I mean one that'll infuriate you that has to do with Nate. If he were still in the air in a plane, we could hear him clawing in the air tonight, but I can't quite get there. So instead I'm just gonna say it this way. Which will probably do the same thing of infuriating yeah, you. It's so worse. It's worse to me now that not even you thought it was funny. Um, you were like, think about how funny it would be if I made the show worse, worse for a couple of seconds. And <laughs> you know, it's a team sport. So what can I? It is. What can I do other than fill while you take another drink of your drink? I'm very, very thirsty. I I got a lot of emotion out of the way last night. Um, in terms of like. Man, that, that was a stressful game, man. And also, it was emotionally draining and mentally draining to laugh so hysterically and then feel bad about laughing hysterically on when, when the kicker missed that field goal. Poor Bills fans. I, like, I, while acknowledging that the contingent of Bills fans that are online are like 20% horrible. That's just online people are like 20% yeah. horrible. Yeah. Bills fans, they're a loyal group. They they care about their team. They've got a lot in common with Chiefs fans. And just, <laughs> I'm, I just feel bad how funny I found it when that kick went right. And I think the reason I found it funny, and you see how I've segued my incompetence into talking about the game? Nobody's better at that than you know turning your own failings into content you are the goat of that for sure you know we all need to be elite at something yeah and my ability to fail upward is borderline unmatched 
And I appreciate you recognizing that. I feel very seen right now. Good. Good. Um, I like what I'm seeing, but I am seeing you. <laughs> so the the uh, the thing that really, like, the reason I thought it was so funny, I think, is, I, and Nick Wright, I think, tweeted about this after the game when he was kind of defending that poor kicker who was just, he was not powerful enough. That's right. We're going to use, like, you know, Lord of the Rings type terminology. I like that. He was not powerful enough to overcome playing for Buffalo. Yeah. If Josh Allen isn't powerful enough to overcome it, like Von Miller turned into a below average pass rusher in a year. Like Buffalo has, it just saps the strength. Like Buffalo is so something that Marshawn Lynch played there and no one cared. Like, wow. Wow. That's a great one. That's that's how just something about Buffalo. Stevie Johnson should have been a bigger star. He should have. That guy was a terrific route runner. And I just so the the thing I I feel bad and because my only mechanism for any form of emotion is laughter, which is super healthy, I recommend it to everyone. Um I I I think the reason I found it so funny even though I do feel bad for Bills fans is like Nick Wright talked about after the game, don't blame the kicker. For one thing, again, he was fighting all of history. He was, it was too much. But also, they were going to win that game, like the Chiefs were. It was the only give the ball back with a minute and a half yeah, and two timeouts, yeah, right? With two timeouts, there was no way. And I get it, the Chiefs hadn't looked that great on offense in the fourth quarter. Um, well, to be fair, they moved the ball well, and then McCole Hardman decided to do some really inexplicable stuff. Um, and there's so much to talk about with this game. Like, every bounce kind of went the Bills' way, and it just wasn't enough. But that's, I think, my biggest takeaway, and that's what I wrote about on the Chief of the North newsletter. Um, the first thing I wrote about is that Patrick Mahomes is the monster at the end of the book. He is, especially for the Bills, man. For Bills fans, can you imagine how much they hate Patrick Mahomes? Like, like I, I'm trying to think, like, the way Chiefs fans maybe felt about Elway. For Seth, there's there's only one comparison, I think. It's how Bills fans must have felt about Tom Brady. But they were never good during Tom Brady. They but they never had a chance. They overlapped. <laughs> they had to watch an AFC championship game between Tom Brady's outgoing Patriots and, and Patrick Mahomes' incoming Chiefs. They overlapped for a game. And all those games they had the Patriots in them for so many years now always have the Chiefs in them. And sometimes Sometimes, at best, the Bills are lucky enough to lose one of those games. Yeah, they, they at least can make an appearance and lose. Three times in four years, I would hate Patrick. Imagine Josh Allen at his peak. His peak is as good as Patrick Mahomes' peak. It just doesn't come as frequently. It doesn't last as long. And his lows are way lower. And his average isn't as high. So he's not as good a quarterback, is what I'm saying. Right. But, like, I'm just trying to imagine... If it were the same, how frustrating that would be. You pine for this. A franchise quarterback. And you got one. And he's great. And he can lift a team on his shoulders. I read a great bit. It looks this was a Solak. No, this was Solak. And I bet you I bet you know the exact quote I'm gonna give here. Buffalo has Josh Allen who is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever grace the earth, and it just doesn't matter at all because the greatest quarterback is his contemporary. The hopelessness of that statement 
if I were on the other side of it, I don't know if I could keep doing this job. You would have to start looking for other hobbies at least. Yeah. Man, oh, and poor Miss Morse, Mitch Morse, not Miss Morse, Mitch Morse. Someone pointed out in the comments, they still got Mitch Morse. Great dude. Like, find find a Chiefs media member that has something negative to say about Mitch Morse challenge. The difficulty level is impossible. Because he's just a good dude who played well. So you've got Josh Allen, and he does these incredible things, and you're running the ball well. Man, some of those drives, I, I, and I'm sorry, I'm just we're just freestyling right now. They just ran, like, I am convinced right now the Ravens are formulating a game plan, like, do we have to throw ever? And you might not. It's hard to say. I And, and that, that scares me a little. But, I mean, they just running and running and running and just... It looked like they would be able to just bully their way into a victory. But every time they got an ounce of momentum, Patrick Mahomes did something stupid. Like, in a great way for us. Not a Josh Allen stupid way. A Patrick Mahomes stupid way. <laughs> he did. It just wasn't fair. He, he like, he did, he did like a ball fake out yeah. to a person in the NFL. Yeah, it doesn't make it any sense. Works. It shouldn't have worked. It always works. I can't explain why it always works. It always works. There's no reason he, for it to work. It, it, it's like it's it's like Travis Kelsey's route running sometimes. Now that he's you know he's in his 30s, he's lost a step. He lost a step like three years ago, and he he'll these fakes that look slow, and then you'll watch world class athletes stumble, and you're like, how how did that work? It really is. It's the Tennessee fake all over again, yep. where he just like kind of hesitate. And I think it's because he does things so inexplicably that players don't know what to do. Like, he genuinely didn't know what to do with the quarterback waving the ball in his face. <laughs> yeah, who does that? No one practices for that because no one does it. Yeah, and so I, I just, I think that's part of why I laughed is... It was relief because there were times in the game where I wasn't sure what route it would go because they were able to play some bully ball and this Chiefs offense. I'm still getting used to this apparent new level they've hit in the playoffs. I'm still worried it's a facade and the Ravens are going to expose it. Who knows? But like Mahomes is playing at such a high level that I saw there was like it was like a minute 45 left, two timeouts. I was like, and they just need a field goal. Like at least make it hard. Like. But so I, I've got like three things, a couple of comments, another snippet, some things I want to read and, and some context for all of this. But what you just said, Seth, I don't want to skip over because you just went back to a previous version of the Chiefs offense that we have not talked about this year. I'm going, all you're going to do is tie it up with a minute and a half left for the Kansas City Chiefs offense? We haven't said that this year. We didn't get to say that against Detroit, and then the 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 belief in that proceeded to dis, to, to to descend over the, the as the year went on. That's right. not been the obvious, dare say, inevitable part of this Chiefs offense this year, right. and it's back now. It, I, I don't know if it's back back. I don't know if it's been back for two weeks. If it just came back this week, if it's coming back again against the Ravens, but that part. I don't want to make it sound like it is what we expected the Chiefs to do in this game because them doing it in this game, I think, is the story of it. I, I think there are lots of stories. Yeah. That, to me, is the biggest one. But, oh, yeah, it, it, Mahomes didn't go anywhere. He never stopped being excellent. He was very good against Miami. But last night was a Mahomes playoff game, and I wasn't sure we were going to see one like that this year. 
absolutely. And I just he he missed two throws, um, you know, to each corner of the end zone to Kelsey and MBS. I'd argue the Kelsey one, I think Romo might have been right that he expected Kelsey to corner that a little more. But MVS, it's a hard throw, and he just missed it. Other than that, like, he had a couple of throws that he dirted in the fourth quarter. He had a couple of dirts, and he had the, I'm calling it a Justin Watson drop until someone shows me otherwise. Oh, I've, I've looked at the Madden cam view. It hit him in the chest, man. Like, that's what I thought. You have got to catch it. That was a, well, and that's the other thing. He does these things like, Oh, the cornerback's head is turned. I'm throwing it to him. It's like, dude, that's not Devontae Adams. Like, yeah. you can't do that. Or, like, the, the ball he gave MVS down the sideline. It's like, oh, well, I'm going to, why wouldn't I trust him? And I was like, well, you know, as the you ball was amnesia. in the air. Yeah. And that's the thing. He has, like, cornerback level amnesia where he is willing when the options aren't there, right? Where he knows, okay, these are my options. These are the series of choices in front of me. And one of them is, hey, they're playing single high, some aggressive man look. I'm I'm going to throw it over the top to MVS. See if he comes down with it. And then MVS does, which to be like, it was it was not an easy catch. He, he kind of, he, I mean, he, the thing is he didn't really need to one-hand it because it was like right here. He could have both-handed it, but whatever. I'm glad apparently MVS has made the decision that he's better off using his head in one hand to catch it. <laughs> and I can't argue with the results. Yeah, sure. I can't. In, in those moments, he makes a catch like that like once every six weeks, and when he does, his hands look amazingly strong. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, where's that guy? Dude, you're like 6'4". How is this not happening more? But whatever. But he's making throws like that. The the other one down the field to MVS where he was he had a step because of leverage, but he was technically bracketed. And they got immediate pressure. And it's just like, you're supposed to lose those snaps. And so it was so fun. And in a weird way, as much as it makes it stressful, it's more fun watching Mahomes hit that level when the guy on the other side is hitting that level. Cause you just start like, like I turned and looked at my dad. I was like, this is such high quality quarterback play. Like everyone's so good. I just, although he made the good point. That's this. So this is after Mahomes had just retaken the lead after Allen had retaken the lead. He made the point. He's like, yeah, but it's not the same. Allen, that was an incredible play, but it was just one play. Because they, like, just ran the ball down the field, and it was gross. And then, he, you know, he had some runs of his own. But, I mean, then he made an unbelievable play, that that touchdown to Shakir. I mean, great throw, great catch. Nothing Snead could do. Um, but, really, that was just one play. Whereas with, with Mahomes, it was every drive. And I just, I can't, I can't imagine watching that. Because I remember watching in overtime in 2018, Tom Brady go down the field against Bob Sutton's two two high man defense over and over and over and just and just the inevitability of it all. So I guess I've seen the other side of things, but man, I just like I, I it was such high quality quarterback play. It didn't have the same fireworks box score wise that you got in 2021. But that's almost a reflection of how the NFL has changed in the interim. Yeah, I got like four Josh Allen things I want to read and refer to here real quick and throw all these at you, and then we can we can go into some more specifics. Uh, first of all, I saw this comment from Sharon in the comments earlier. It said, I disagree with Seth. Josh does not have the cognitive durability of Mahomes. And I had to read that two or three times before I realized it wasn't about me. So that's the only reason I wanted to note that. Um, is I just saw, disagree with Seth. Josh does not have the cognitive durability. And I was like, 
I don't think I've said anything that dumb so far today, Sharon, but I, I go off, I guess. Um, anyway, that I, it just made me laugh because I took it, not personally, but as if it was to me for a minute, and we're, Sharon, we're cool. And then also from Troy here, said we're going, have we ever done a swimming comparison on this show? Nate usually does tennis. I don't think we've ever done swimming. Uh, but Troy says, Ryan Lochte is the second most decorated Olympic swimmer of all time. People would probably consider him the GOAT if not for the fact that he was basically the same age as Michael Phelps. That's a good comparison. It's a good comparison. I'm going to go back to Solak again. Again, go read Benjamin Solak. He's fabulous both in the schematic and as a writer, which, you know, reading Seth will make you know how hard it is to be good at either of those. Um, so here's what Solak says. What are you, bored today? Gosh. I had a lot of time to think while you were talking. <laughs> Solak writes, Allen's highlights are ghosts, ephemera. They are lost to the gales of a bombarded franchise, swallowed up by the shadow of an unforgiving scoreboard. They matter so much, they're the only things that hope clings to in Buffalo, but they don't matter at all. That's following and talking about how Mahomes' highlights are tethered, not just to a place in time, but to a moment, an event, a victory. And that's what it is. That's the Mahomes-Allen thing right now. That's where this team stands right now, and it, it to me, Seth, it is another beautiful reminder of where this team is now. I, I'll give you another historical context thing in a second, but in the grand scope of what it feels like to be a team that is in the quarterback wilderness that then transitions to having a quarterback who gets you to a, a championship game, this would work both for, you know, Mahomes in 2018 and for, for Allen and the Bills eventually. The, the, you say you have a guy. You got a dude at quarterback for the first time of your own, maybe ever, or going back to, in the Chiefs case, you know, the 60s or a little bit of Montana time, whatever. You have that guy. But do you have the one and only who will overcome the merely incredible mortals that surround him? I... I you read the first part, and I read the last part. I think Solak does a great job of framing all that up, and I think that game we saw last night frames that up. I don't know. Is there is there one more way for for you to to wrap your your head around the Mahomes Allen part of all of this? I think there is, um, in a way that Chiefs fans might be able to to kind of understand Bills fans' frustration and pain here. Although it's it's going to be almost impossible. The thing about empathy is that people don't. Let's have take it. a break. We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest-ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. kcsn.substack.com We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I hope you let you finish that thought and then try to get you again. But then you said, you know, empathy, some people haven't. And I feel like it was as good a moment as any. Oh, you know, most people don't, honestly. And the problem... (laughs) The problem with empathy, even for things that you used to experience, you know, you just don't feel it the way you used to. So Chiefs fans, I urge you to remember what that feeling was, that eternal dread, the idea that nothing good was going to happen. And then when something good happened, you just waited for the other shoe to drop. I mean, how many times did I write about shoes over the course of like even like the Alex Smith era? Because you're just always waiting for the bad thing to happen. But here's a great way to contextualize the almost non-existence and yet existence of of every Josh Allen highlight. The Grim Reaper, very brief saga for Patrick Mahomes. Played probably, I would I would argue that maybe, other than maybe like the, I don't know, the 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 Minneapolis Miracle was a great one, the the Pats Eagles Super Bowl. But arguably the greatest playoff game in history. The back and forth, back and forth. The 13 seconds thing created a miracle, started to spawn a nickname, but you notice it died because they lost the next week. And so no matter how much we still reference it, we don't reference it quite the same way. And that's after winning a Super Bowl the next year. I think that's how Chiefs fans can really understand that 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 futility of of that kind of success. And I think we also saw it with like, you know, Derek Johnson was maybe the best linebacker in the NFL. Jamal Charles was the best running back. Like all those things, it just doesn't feel like it quite matters. Um, Josh Allen said in his post game presser, like you know, every team except one ends the year unhappy. Oh man, that dude. I've seen a lot of sad people. Generally, people I was dating, you know, they just. I think I've either people, mostly either people you were dating or people you were prosecuting, and sometimes you could not tell the difference. Yeah, well, you know, I. <laughs> and neither, neither could they, really. Yeah. If yeah, anything, hold on real quick. If anything I just said implies any sort of felony or anything that could get you disbarred, it was a joke. <laughs> what I meant, uh, officers, was that. Seth was treating the people he was dating as if he was prosecuting them. Not that he was dating people he was prosecuting. Right, right. It was more it was more of a statement of my character than, than anything else. But I, I've seen I've seen a lot of sad people, man. And you know, that guy was just broken. Yeah. He was just like he was so bummed. He couldn't really happen to him this week too. I don't know what. Yeah, well, he just, it, it's just got to be exhausting. It's, that's three of four years. And the other year, Cincinnati, I mean, they brutalized them last year in the playoffs. And so you've got one AFC championship game where the Chiefs really, that's actually one that's kind of been lost in the shuffle, was that in 2020, 
the Chiefs beat the tar out of them in the AFC Championship. I think it was like 38-20 or something. It really wasn't very close. Spags kind of dominated Allen a little bit. Then you had the 2021 thing go down. And so that's obviously a big deal. Then last year they get just taken to the woodshed by Cincinnati. And then, man, the weakest Mahomes team. Joe Burrow is hurt. Miami, the best offense in your way, is out. Uh, Houston's too young, and they got their clocks cleaned by Baltimore. They had like 11 penalties. It was You could tell. The moment got a little big for Houston. The little big. Which, honestly, C.J. Stroud scares me, so there you go. But, like... I don't like it. But, man, he's so good. But anyway, this, like, in terms of opportunities, like, I mean, this was it. The Chiefs offense was as bad as, I, I don't think, the, I think the Chiefs offense is unlikely to be as bad. And by the way, they finished, like, it was like eighth in DVOA this year. For all the time, oh, what's wrong with the Chiefs? It's like, oh, they're like, they're barely a top eight offense. Gross. And it has looked gross. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it has been gross. In, yeah, in individual games, it has looked super gross. But, like, this is the best shot you're going to get. And you never know. Everything changes year to year in the NFL. But Stephon Diggs doesn't look like he looked last year or the year before. Now, hey, Shakir might be great, but that just means you're replacing what you had. It doesn't mean you're adding to it. Windows close quick in the NFL. And so I just, man, that just... I can understand why that would be tough because Mahomes isn't going anywhere. Like, no matter what you do, that's why I phrase it like that. He is the monster at the end of the book. You maybe, well, okay, for the last six years, if you want to win the AFC, hey, look, it's Patrick Mahomes. Yep. And that, I mean, that that has to be incredibly disheartening. Real quick, too, I'll give you my historical context in a second and uh, and then also from the chat real quick. When you leave super chats on the YouTube channel, that goes to the KCSN Foundation. Um, so you can you can sound off that way. And I want to say thanks real quick to uh, to Barbara, who says, "If this is a, is this a real example of a team flipping a switch and remembering how to play championship football?" And hi from Fargo. Uh, so hey, hi from, in the woods. Hi from from closer to Seth for, uh, for him to say hi. And then also from Sir Hunks a lot. Shout out to Butker. Perfect through two inclement postseason games, and you have to have it. How many games would the Chiefs win this year if they had league average kickers instead of Butker? I don't know what the number would be or how much it would change, but it's really nice also to see Harrison Butker jog out there and be like, yeah, all right. I think 95% of this time, this is three, and, and not a coin flip each time. Yep. So um, here's here's my historical thing. You may have seen it, Seth. I can't remember if I saw your notification or whatever, but I tweeted this out in the early hours of Monday morning. I'm just going to read you a list of seasons of Chiefs football that reached a conference championship game. There were the Dallas Texans in 60-something earlier than this. It was actually an AFL championship. I think it was the Oilers. It wasn't actually a semifinal anywhere in there, so I'm going conference championship games as defined by Pro Football Reference. Okay. Your conference championship years for the Chiefs. Again, for clarification, this year is 2023 because of that season. Here we go. Right. 1966, 1969, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023. It starts to take a while to say it. Like, are you kidding me? It does. It You get bored at about 2021 just reading it. They went to two in the late 60s. Not to make, not to age anybody around here, but when my dad was a child, they went to two. And then in 93, in January 94, before I was born, they got there. Yep. 
and then from the 2018 season through this season, and who knows how much longer. Maybe it ends here, maybe it keeps rolling. But for six years in a row, a team who had been to three total AFC Championship games has been there. They have they have doubled their total AFC Championship game appearance stretch in the smallest amount of time humanly possible in these six years. It it's just such an unprecedented level of success, and they they seem to keep rebooting to an extent. Yeah, like those teams are like, very different. Yeah, like if you watched yesterday's team. And other than being bad against the run at for much of the game, nothing would have reminded you of the 2018-2019 teams. <laughs> because they and Spag's defense as well as, although, hey, you know what? We can say all we want about the run game, but the Bills could not run the ball in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And there, there were some decisions that were made that I, I really want to get around to writing about by Spags. Um, I wasn't sure they could flip that switch because, especially with Willie Gay Jr. out, so that was really nice to see. But it, it is this just crazy level. And, and six years is such a long time in the NFL. And that's why, like, go look at that 20... I'm sorry to cut you off, Seth. If you wonder how long six years is, Tom Brady was still playing football for the New England Patriots. For the Patriots. That feels like 20, a decade ago. Yeah, in 2018. I mean, they, they, they won it all that year. And then he realized that he's not good enough to carry a team so he went to a team that was ready-made, one that with a relatively similar roster to what he was on last year is better with Baker Mayfield. But, you know, whatever. Um, I'm so tired. Undisputed Let, GOAT Baker Mayfield. Yep, yeah, undisputed GOAT Baker Mayfield. Now, to be fair, the, the Bucks are a little bit healthier on the offensive line this year. But, you know, who needs context? That's ridiculous. I'm not going to do that. Um, I think there's a non-zero chance Tom Brady's quarterbacking... Uh... I was going to say the Raiders again because that feels really fitting. But I don't think Antonio Pierce is going to go for that. I feel like he uh, he might be a Bronco. I don't think Tom Brady jumps onto a team that's not ready-made to win a Super Bowl because he understands that his legacy was sealed by going to Tampa Bay to a team that was so good, it was a playoff team or a playoff contender with Jameis Winston. And he said, I can win a Super Bowl with that team because they've got great wide receivers, a great O-line, and a great defense. Sign me up! Smart move. Man, he's smart. Anyway, um, he should be a nice. What was I? Oh, so 2018, if you look at, like, go look at pro football reference. Look at the roster in 2018 versus the roster now. I mean, you, you, they've, they've gone through several iterations of virtually every position group except what? Kicker? Um, long snapper. Yeah, long kicker, long snapper, quarterback, and tight end. And defensive tackle, one defense. But I mean, that's not a position group. Look at the defensive line around Chris Jones. I suppose Mike Pinellas. I was going to Google Mike Pinnell to try to figure out what. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going over here for. I was going Mike Pinnell football reference. Yeah. So I mean, shout out to him. Um, but I mean, it, it's it's so hard to have sustained success in the league because it has to keep looking different, and that's what's so wild to me. Like 2018, like when someone um there was a catch made in the in the Niners game, and they're like, oh, you know, much traveled Chris Conley. I was like, whoa, dude, I know, I'm shocked. Yeah, I just was like, man, I remember that. Like they had high hopes for him, didn't work out necessarily. Although, here's a question, just complete side note: what um 
what what wide receiver number you like wide receiver one wide receiver two wide receiver three wide receiver four would Chris Conley current Chris Conley be on this team because I think he might be wide two. receiver two <laughs> <laughs> I think he might be dude my like, my thought process watching that game was wow I don't usually get surprised by this guy's on this team now because I'm you know getting every push notification ever but I was like wow Chris Conley's a niner that was a nice play by Chris Conley where would he fit the Chiefs offense I think he might be wide receiver too. I went through that entire process in like 30 seconds. <laughs> That's, I think most Chiefs fans did. It was just, oh, it was so much. So and it's just an interesting thing, this 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 dominance. And the way they did it, it was, Mahomes was so brilliant. But also, they just ran over them with Isaiah Pacheco. Um, and, and that's just, and then that brings up the interior of the offensive line and all the revamping they've done. This used to be an offense that was, primarily based around the ability of its tackles. Now it's based around... It's just so cool the way that Andy Reid and Brett Veach have kind of ebbed and flowed with the with the roster. It also leads us right up to where I wanted to be when our number one weapon got here. Nate Taylor will join us right after Tucker DraftKings Franklin tells us about our friends over there at DraftKings. Uh, actually, the D in Tucker D. Franklin stands for... Dang, they went to the AFC Championship game again? What's up, Tucker? It does. Yeah, you know, you can pay for anything for what the D to stand for. And uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet just $5 on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Looking ahead to the Chiefs and Ravens game, Chiefs are once again road dogs as they are three and a half point underdogs taking on the Baltimore Ravens. And if you want to get in on that plus money action on that money line, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can bet just five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Josh. I, that read felt really good. Uh, felt good off the hand. Uh, but you know who is even better than that read? Who? Oh, God, it's me. And so was Tucker for a second. You got to see Tucker in Seth's box. Uh, Nate, as you as you heard us uh, wrapping up here before you joined for the uh, for the second half, we have pretty much done the big picture, the Mahomes Allen, the historical context of all of this, and I really do want to get into some of the specific things that happened in this game that made that game what it was. Uh, but first, as you have just finished your return from Buffalo and were there and got to witness yet another real wild, I guess, weird game between the Chiefs and the Bills. Uh, what was the atmosphere like? What was the locker room like after the game? And kind of your your view of it all, all together before we break it down into some of its pieces. Oh, and Nate's mic's off. Or something. Or I'm not hearing it. No, I, I unmuted hey! myself just to make sure. Uh, I didn't. I didn't uh, disturb you guys. The false start uh, on it's fine. We'll yeah. Play yards. We'll do it again. We'll play it on the kickoff. We're just a tick off. Um, 
Look. Was uh, it true what they said all year? <laughs> Were they just a tick off? Then they found the tick and all of a sudden they look awesome again? Ugh. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm going to try to, you know, walk the audience through as best I can because um, I didn't I didn't really go to bed last night. There was a lot of uh, auxiliary stuff I had to do. Um, you know, obviously booking a, a trip to Baltimore included. Um, you know, so for me personally... Um, Buffalo is now one of my favorite places to go. Had never been before. Uh, this checked off, uh, 16. I have now been to all 16 AFC venues. Wow. Um, because of course in 2020, uh, was the COVID season. So I did not travel. Um, as I, as I put on Twitter, uh, the atmosphere was electric. Um, you know, I, I truly believe Marquez Valdez Scanlon when he told me uh in the locker room that um Bills fans were aggressive like really <laughs> really aggressive uh flipping the bird every expletive you could think of screaming uh throwing snowballs at them from the team bus to them you know entering the stadium to them throughout the game um it was a perfect night for football. It was a little windy, but the conditions were pristine for a, you know, playoff game of, of that caliber. Um, and so, you know, I went to Niagara Falls. I, I had the wings. It was all it was all great. And I don't know, fellas, uh, it dawned on me through three quarters there was nothing weird about the game. There was nothing weird at all. It was one of the few times where I said, we're getting, like, strap in. Like, trying to look around everybody, like, strap in, fellas. It's going to get wild. Because those, those first is coming. That, that, those first three quarters were so excellent, I thought, from both teams. Truly understanding who they were and what they needed to do to have success. And, um, and yeah, and then things got very wacky. So, uh, it's one of the more memorable playoff games I've covered. Uh, you know, I think I said this before. Um, well, I guess there's two things I've said. Uh, guys, I thought he was making the field goal. I don't know if you've talked about that yet. I thought Tyler Bass was making the field goal. And then CBS, God bless him, was like, did you know <laughs> he hasn't missed one of these ever? To which I was like, "Come on, says it." It mean it just. You hear Harlan's call? Oh, I did. Oh, of course I did. Um, he's the greatest ever, and he made a meal out of it. And it wasn't disrespectful, but it was a meal. Yeah, Harlan was Harlan was the announcer when the Bills knocked Montana. Yes, out of the playoffs. Yes, in the ninety-three. Just a yeah. random observation. Yeah, he was the he was the radio broadcaster before Mitch Holtis. That's correct. Yes. Yep. Um. It, so it, it sounded it sounded like he remembered a little. <laughs> so yeah, Tyler Bass. If you didn't, you know, if you guys didn't know, he was nine for nine uh, in similar situations to either win the game or if his team was trailing by three. But as I wrote in the Athletic, none of those nine were in the postseason in an elimination game. So uh, as I've said before, and this is probably the best example of it uh, outside of the thirteen seconds, which adds so much drama in just layers all this it 
it happens so quick. You just cannot prepare yourself for the season to be over immediately. <laughs> and for fans to come to the realization of like just utter shock, just utter shock. And I want to ask a question before I get to the second point, but I want to ask a question that I really thought about late last night and I went through pro football reference um, and I'm saying this is at like 3 a.m. Um, East Coast time. I don't think the Chiefs have ever won a playoff game quite like that where the other team misses the field goal. I don't think that's ever happened in the 64-year history of the Chiefs. That's how emotionally tense and like exhilarating it was uh, for the guys on the team, not just because this was their – Collectively, this was pretty much all of their first road playoff games together outside of, like, guys like Marquez Valdez-Scantlin. Um, but, yeah, I've just, you know, I've watched this team all my life, uh, obviously before I became, you know, the the beat writer for The Athletic, and they've never had a playoff game like that where the other team makes the soul-crushing missed field goal to send the other team forward into the playoffs. It's never happened. Um, and if somebody thinks otherwise, they could correct me. But I mean, you know, uh, usually it's the Chiefs that miss that field goal, guys. Or at best, the Chiefs make that field goal. But that's still not what you're talking about. Correct. The other team ends it with some time on the clock. Yeah. Um, so there was one gentleman. Now, uh, probably most of that Bills game was Harlan's last game as the Chiefs radio play by play guy. That's correct. Crazy. Correct. Yeah, before he before he transitioned to television. Um, one of my first one of my first football memories is you know Montana to Willie Davis at Mile High. That's what made me a Chiefs fan. I've talked about that here before. But another one because yeah, I was young, so I don't remember a lot. I remember James Hasty picking off um, the Raiders quarterback. I think in overtime and 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 cut turn it returning it for a win. I remember a few things about Tamark Vanover, all football related. Mm-hmm. Um, all football related. You sure? Well, there was some other stuff. You there sure? Was some other. He could have got to some legal things now and then. Yeah, there was some other stuff. I wasn't an attorney yet then. Um, he, uh, but he, uh, play, he, 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 he. I'm just gonna continue. Sam. Yep. I don't nope, want to make. Yep. The you're joke. good. Don't no, want to make the joke. I want to, but I don't want to do it. Man, I, I respect that. It takes a lot of to courage make... to rev up all the way and then go. You know what? I'm gonna. Yeah, you know what? Sometimes, I'm not gonna do that. Sometimes... I'm not gonna do that. I watched yeah. I watched Nope recently, and sometimes you don't have. Did to. you really? Yeah, yeah. I, I we watched it on Halloween. I hadn't seen it yet, and I would like. Yeah, I, I am interested. Good movie, weird movie, good movie. Weird. And sometimes yeah. you don't have to look. I got the subtext there, Mister Peel. Anyway, <laughs> nobody sneaks thematic subtext by that. <laughs> well, I mean, it was so subtle. You know, <laughs> it was. <laughs> he really uh, do not yeah. look at the alien; it will devour you. I'm like, Boil- hey, spoilers. It feels it was the like only it came out like almost in. Yeah, that's on me. Um, so what I what I was just gonna say is, I, I could I swear, and I'm probably just projecting here with Kevin Harlan because that was his last one announcing for the Chiefs. I'm sure he's got a lot of what well, he said. He's got a lot of fond memories with the Chiefs. He loves he loves the Chiefs. He got that first job there, and he is, in my opinion, the greatest play-by-play caller alive whatever game it's in it's I mean he's just unbelievable consistently um one of my first memories of football other than a couple of the ones I needed was they kept panning to Joe Montana on the sideline in that play game 
he was sitting there like this. And he just, he was clearly concussed. This is a different yeah. age, right? Like, Correct. if this did, were did common... Know, did, did know where he was, yes. That man had no idea where he was. If this were the modern NFL, they, like, get you off the sideline so you don't sit there staring into space clearly with no idea what's going on. And I actually remember my dad saying some version of that, like, he has no idea where he is. And I was a kid, so I was like, well, that's weird because he's sitting right there. And it seems odd. Oh, no, Nate has a picture. Um, And that, I can't help but wonder if that's, yeah, unless someone Nate talking in the comments said, unless you are Tua. Yeah, Tua and the other just keep marching you out there. Ooh, this is fun, Nate. Wow. Visual A time. This is from the New York Times in 1994, uh, January. I'm going to read. You you keep going, Seth. I'm going to read you a quote that I've highlighted. Uh, because when you become the be ready, you have to have all this historical context. Um, yeah. So, so keep going. I I just I, that's something that I remember, and I I'll be honest, I heard it. I, and again, I'm probably just projecting. We all hear what we want to hear. Let's be honest. But I swear, I heard in Harlan's voice a little bit of satisfaction, a little bit. And he 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 puts a lot of oomph into all his calls. But he's wide right. The Bills kicker missed wide right. All that he missed was the cackling. <laughs> because I cackled, and I feel bad about it. I cackled so hard, I kind of got dizzy. Really? I, like, honestly, I thought it was so funny that he missed the field goal. And like you said, I've never seen that happen to the Chiefs before. Nate, Nate kind of nailed that now. Like, why was it yeah. such a, an unfamiliar feeling? Correct. And it was because that's just not how this usually goes down. What what do you got there, Nate? I can see an ad for a Motorola flip phone. Oh yeah, nineteen dollars. That's it. I'm kidding. Wow. Okay, so this was in the New York Times, uh, who owns the Athletic, by the way. Um, so I feel like I'm doing them a solid just as much as our audience here, uh, visually. Sure. Uh, but for the audio audience, this is uh, sorry. Go ahead, Nate. Sorry, sorry. January twenty fourth, nineteen ninety four. Um. As he toppled forward near the Chiefs' 10-yard line early in the third quarter with the, with the Bills leading, excuse me, 20-6, his red helmet bounced off the Rich Stadium's green rug. Damn, they didn't even call it artificial turf. It was a rug, y'all. It was concrete. Concrete rug. Guess, yeah. Uh, quote, everything went white, Montana would later say, his blue eyes still somewhat dazed. Guys, he was quoted after the game. What a question. In his eyes. By the way, quote, I had, <laughs> quote, I had a real sharp pain in my head. No bleep, Joe. Yeah. Uh, this tells you how much the NFL has changed. Guys, he talked to reporters after the game when he was called early. Just... Joe, Joe, Ed over here with the times. How many fingers? <laughs> what? Hey, like, Joe, that's... No, Joe, over here. No, Joe. Joe. Hey, Joe. Joe, it's a... Joe that's, that's the plant. Joe. Joe to your left. Your other left, Joe. Uh, guys, this is from Dave Anderson, um, legendary sports writer. Uh, now, here's here's the second part I'm going to read. Um, and I just, again, this is the beauty of this show. I didn't know Seth was going to mention the 1993 AFC Championship game. I did not know Seth was going to paint the picture of Joe Montana not knowing where he is because... If you look at the replay, man, Bruce Smith's like four ticks late. 
but he's just like not not on my watch. He'll it was a different know. game. It was a, oh, it was such a different game. The ball's out of Joe's hand. He's in the pocket. He's it was I think it was a book. I think it was a completion on an intermediate pass. And Bill <laughs> and Bruce Smith was like, I, I saw what you did to Houston last week. Hell no. I need to go <laughs> yep, to a fourth. I need to go to a fourth Super Bowl. Merc this man. Um. So yeah, he got he got sandwich crunched concussion. Now uh, a couple paragraphs later in Dave Anderson's column, um, you 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 guys aren't ready. Okay. And the Bills marched yesterday into Super Bowl 28, a rematch with the reigning champion Dallas Cowboys next Sunday in Atlanta. By the way, this is when the NFL, one of the rare years they had no bye week between championship game and Super Bowl. Um, in Atlanta. Money on the table. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Quote, Joe had a mild concussion. In quote, a sentence that does not exist in medicine. Marty Schottenheimer, the Chiefs coach, was saying, quote, he wasn't in the kind of condition that would have helped us if he had been put back into the game. End quote. Guys, the 90s were amazing. The the 90s were amazing. Okay. Look, we we can all acknowledge... and and quick advertisement. And you too can order uh, the New York Times' <laughs> complete history of the Kansas City Chiefs in every page of the New York Times in its history. If you go on the New York Times dot com, uh, this was a uh, present I got me and my father. I want to say like ten years ago. That's uh, pretty cool. So yeah, this is a really cool gift. I I just want to acknowledge yes, the nineties were a different time for a number of reasons. Like, I still think about the lack of supervision I had as a child, and I'm still back and forth about that. Like, well, Dad, I'm going to ride my bike completely across town and go somewhere. You would have known my... uh, Dad? Okay. uh, Now, I think the NFL may have scrubbed this from all tapes. Do you know who was one of the sideline reporters for the 1993 AMC Championship game for NBC? Please don't say OJ. Oh, it was! It was (laughs) me! OJ Simpson. Guys, oh. uh in a month, things changed. <laughs> that was yeah, that was only a month later. <laughs> it was literally Damn. a month later. Uh, okay. by the way, when the Chiefs please, beat the please. when the when the Chiefs beat the Houston Oilers in the division route of the nineteen ninety three season, OJ Simpson is the one interviewing Joe Montana after the game. Not realizing Marcus Allen is right there. And for those who understand the context of that comment, we sure. will continue and move on. Yeah, I, I, I know we we got to, uh, I know we we've got to say a lot more about the game. We did a lot of football analysis before you. Yeah, I'm sure you guys did. Yeah, this this is, but I just want to say we can simultaneously say that the NFL has gone a better direction, and certainly player safety has improved. There's still work to be done, and we're all happy about that while simultaneously acknowledging that we all watched the jacked-up segments and thought oh, they were awesome. Like, well, I'm going to feel it. You're like, just like, good God. I, I, a formative memory of mine still, and I was a lot older at this point, was thinking that John Lynch had actually killed Dante Hall, like right there on the field. I was like, football's over. They are never, because it was like, I, I am, <laughs> like, and Dante Hall's a great dude who seems fine today. Like, I just can't believe he lived through that. 
I, I've never heard him give an interview on that, probably because he doesn't remember it, is my guess. Mm. But, like, we can simultaneously say we're very glad the game has changed and also be like, hey, remember that time that, uh, you know, that guy just pulled a gun and just started... Oh, no, wait, that was in a movie. But, I mean, like, remember that time that we saw that guy almost decapitate someone on the field? It was here's incredible. The here's, here's the middle ground I'm willing to offer. You can go watch a Vontez Perfect highlight compilation but you have to, before you click it, you have to scroll down Antonio Brown's Twitter timeline for five <laughs> minutes. Just so you know the way. Like, I think we should do that more often where it's like, oh, yeah, I can, why is this shirt so cheap on the internet? Yeah, $2? Absolutely. You should have to look at a picture of where it's made. If you want to watch jacked up highlights, you should have to read Antonio Brown tweet. You've got to, you've got to at least acknowledge the price. That, no. That's fair. Can I bring the old and the present together? Guys, it's the same locker room as the 1993 AFC Championship. <laughs> that stadium has not changed. They have, they have one tunnel. One tunnel to, was to and from the field. They were, they were like pushing and shoving before after. Yes. And then they all kind of awkwardly jogged together. So like... on, so on, and, and, and look, I, I, I love all the Buffalo uh Bills beat writers, Joe from the Athletic, of course, Tim Graham from the Athletic, uh, Elena from ESPN, Catherine Fitzgerald from the Buffalo News, uh, even my girl Emily up in Syracuse. So, on one side of the hallway of the tunnel is the Bills locker room. On the other side is the Chiefs locker room. Guys, that locker room is the size of NBA locker rooms today. I saw that when when it they were showing so, speech. Yes, it is so cramped, guys. Is it smaller than the Chiefs visiting locker room, which players complain about? All yes, the time? yes, yes. Um, there's there's layers to the Chiefs visiting locker room in Arrowhead. There's no layers. It's a box. It's just a simple <laughs> box. And, it's like a high school. Oh, it's I don't even know if high school does it does it justice. Uh, I think the stadium uh, was built in 1973. They have made no no uh, renovations to it, zero. So the same the same locker room that Joe Montana concussed went into and talked to reporters is the same locker room that Patrick Mahomes just. I mean, it's probably the most hyped I've ever seen him in a post game locker room, just because he knew the not just the stakes, but like it's another chapter in his illustrious career and yep. he's just tackling hugging guys uh there's a lot of screaming there's a lot of uh it's a lot of i mean uh basically the equivalent that marquez uh equated it to was a robbery we, we we went into their trap and we took their trap and we robbed them he looked at connor Embry from across the hallway and said robbery to which connor Embry was like thanks marquez <laughs> Connor's like, dude, I'm just trying to get through this season, man. Connor Embry was like, I just, I was just happy to see you get get some interview, get some pub, baby. And he's like, we robbed him. And he's just like, oh, okay, cool. Um, let me, where's my bag? Basically, is what Connor Embry did. So, Josh, you've been through this before where everything sort of lines up the importance of the game. Uh, everybody's sort of having a role, and then the quotes just oh, they just glow off the page. <laughs> oh, the quotes! I couldn't get them all in. It's the first time all season where I'm like, "There's too many good quotes." 
I got to be yeah. judicious. This can't be a 3,000 word story. It was like close to 2,000, I think, in the rough draft before we like trimmed it down. Um, but yeah, I mean, what's something that didn't make it? Last last week you had an absolute dime force. It didn't make. Yeah. It. What 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 tells the story of the locker room that it maybe didn't make the print version that people can go read at theathletic.com? So um, yes, the, the funny thing was that uh, the the first one is the Marquez Valdez Scantlin, uh, like high on himself, knows he had the best game of his season so far, uh, sees Connor Emery and just and just tries his best to make Connor Emery laugh and really really tried to emphasize in every question we robbed them like we we came in here and we robbed them we took their trap and i'm like how many times you gonna say that marquez how many times all the time um in one corner of the locker room was drew tranquil who was like and this is one of the reasons why i went up to him because he's one of the first guys he's one of the rare guys who has not been to the AFC championship and he was just so emotional so appreciative he gave the best quote uh, which I ended the story with, which is just like, hey, man, uh, you know, this is why football is awesome. You hear the talk all week. We finally get them at home. It was a 15-round blow-for-blow match. I felt late in the fourth quarter in the 15th round that we had more blows to give to help us win. Uh, it's why you train and why you play the game for moments like this. I mean, he was he was, he was was kind of like he wasn't on the verge of tears, but I, I think I think his soul was like, his football soul was like fulfilled in a lot of it's ways. The pinnacle of his football soul yes. at this point. Yes. Um, George Carl Loftus said, um, we asked him, uh, I think it was Lynn Jennings from Channel Nine. He was like, you know, uh, did you see the field goal? Because I don't know if I don't know if Carl Loftus was on the field or if he had just ran off on third down. Um, uh, this is George Carl Loftus's quote. I caught the last glimpse of it looking back. I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so Jenny's was like, that's really what you said? And he was like, yeah. Oh my God. At some at some point we need to have a I really like George Karloftis. We do need to have a conversation about how awkward he is. Like he seems like a good dude. Yeah, no, that's rich, Seth. Seth would like to hear Karloftis <laughs> drop an F bomb. Seth Geiser's like, I'm gonna have to wrap it up a little bit, man. <laughs> no, I just like no, he's just so weird, like weird that you weird that you just said George Karloftis is a weenie. I would ne- that's a crazy thing to say. That dude is a machine. Oh, man. Um Come on. Here's here's just I'm a safe I'm a safe set. Here's Justin Reed, another quote that did not make the story. Um guys, I don't know if you all talked about this, but it is it is rich. And I know my buddies uh Robert Mays and, and Nate Tice talked about it on the athletic football show, but it is, it is rich for the Bills receivers to drop the ball Rainy. in the game in the game they have to have where the Chiefs didn't have that issue. I mean, guys, he he, I cannot express to you how windy it was. Okay, you you saw it when you saw it when Patrick tried to put something on it to like go through the wind and it went through the back of the end zone when Travis Kutz was wide open. Then he adjusts whatever the next series and he's like, let me take a little off. And the wind was like, <laughs> and Marquez Valdez Scantler was wide open and he's like, whoa. So it was very windy. Obviously we know that through the Tyler Bass uh, Miss field goal. Guys, it's windy. It can't be windier. He 
threw a ball 65 yards in the air on an absolute time. And to his credit, Justin Reed did not piss his pants. <laughs> Quote, no safe, by the way, no safety practices for this. Like, no, like, yeah, one on one down the field. 65 <laughs> yards? Okay, so this is Justin Reed's quote. Quote, I felt that it was going to come, uh, that being the deep shot, quote, because you've got a guy with an arm like Jaws, so there's no way you don't take a shot. When the ball was in the air, I didn't want to give him a flag, him being Stefan Diggs. Quote, I wasn't going to bail him out, so I made sure I tried to make a play on the ball. And he then later talks about turning his head not knowing where the ball is, but knowing that, like, it's got to come down somewhere <laughs> in the next yeah. couple steps. In um, theory. Yes. And then and then he, he's like, you know, and then he, he obviously he raises his arm. I don't need to hear a single slander about Josh Allen. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It's not his fault that Chris Jones moved that man right into his chest. Not his fault. Not well, fault. you mean Pro Bowl left tackle Deion Dawkins that Jones just, just I mean, manhandled? So it is important staffs of the game. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm, yep. I'm really sorry. Someone just pointed out George Karloftis is Greek, so you're going to have personality differences there. And I really like George Karloftis. He's a so, lovely, he's a lovely gentleman. He's lovely seen, gentleman. So it just, he is. It, so that would explain. He just had the, the best the quote. Humor. He just said, "Oh the my way, gosh!" The way the humor, the way the humor hits, and so the way he says things, I'm always like, "Huh." And by the way, stones, glass houses, awkward. I get it. You said what the rest of the world saw until you finished that statement was you pointed at yourself and looked at the camera and you went, "Yo," <laughs> and I was like, where? Are we Is heading? Going, yeah. Throwing stones from a glass house. I was trying to be efficient with my words. And it's really oh, yeah. helped, I think. <laughs> so, I mean, Andy Reid called the game an all-time classic. I mean, there was just so many good quotes. Uh, Legereus Needs said the missed field goal was, quote, a blessing. Um, In, in just the most dry southern Louisiana, you could, it was a blessing. Dave <laughs> Merrick walked over and kissed uh, Legereus Need on the yeah. ice. Yeah. I didn't Dave see that. Mer- I, I, I was not. I was not there when that happened. That happened much later. I was like bouncing around. Someone um, tweeted it at him. So I'll find who it was. Yeah, yeah. He, he came over to mid interview. Yeah, best corner in the NFL. That might have been McKiss. Yeah, that might have been um, Brandon Zinner. Yes, yes. Because I, I was. I think him and McKenzie were sort of going back and forth, trying to, uh, you know, obviously just keep keep Legarius talking. You know, that's that's always our job. Just keep Legarius going. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, look, there's. You know, obviously, I'm empty in the notebook here. Um, but, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the happiest locker room all season, you know, um, for for understandable reasons. And just the idea of it, it's the best pass I've seen all season. And that's saying something. Because I watch Patrick Mahomes every day. And it went. And, I mean, Justin Reed did just enough to maybe distract Stefan Diggs. But, dog, it went right through your hands. I don't want to hear a single thing about Josh Allen not getting it done. Um, because it was clear to me, and I don't know if you mentioned this before, Seth, their big changeup in the second half in terms of pass rush was just bull rushes. Bull yep. rushes, 
just and, crush the pocket and and attach and attach yourself to the lineman and you know try to contain him in the pocket as best you can so let's just try to to your point collapse the pocket and use the use the lineman against them and it was a marvelous um you know adjustment uh for what was for what was necessary at the time but also guys on the third down play no one's open and a lot of I don't know if, if the guys talked about it on the postgame show uh, with, with Kent and, and Matt, but like, and Haley, but it's the best snap all year from Deion Bush. Hmm. Jamari Connor oh, yeah. is smothering. Uh, you know what you're going to get from Justin Reed. Like, they don't have Mike Edwards. They don't have Brian Cook. And Steve Spagnuolo says, I'm still going to use dive because that's who we are. And it's third and nine and like, no one's going to be open and no one's open. And so Josh scrambles and like, they just stay attached. I mean, it's, 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 it is truly exceptional secondary work. Um, and so one of the last people, I, I basically walked out of the locker room with Dion Bush and, um, you know, big smile on his face. And yeah, that's, he, he sort of acknowledged that, like, yeah, given the stakes, given the importance of the game, the fact that, like, I had to play more snaps than maybe, uh, you know, I anticipated, and yet they never gave up a pass of 15 yards or more. Like, that is one of the most statistical marvels of this game. Josh Allen has one of the best arms. He threw accurate passes downfield a couple times. But he couldn't throw the ball deep. He couldn't throw the ball in the intermediate zone. Like, his longest pass was for 15 yards. Uh, they turned him into to behind the line of scrimmage Charlie with Deion Bush, Chamari Connor, you know, and then obviously the usual the usual guys, uh, Justin Reed, Trent McDuffie, LeJarius Need, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson. I mean, it's... It's it's um but yeah that's that is me emptying the notebook and we can move forward. It it is amazing that they put a cap on that offense with uh, a safety who they brought back on the practice squad because they replaced yes. him with Mike Edwards and they already had Brian Cook and we're mm-hmm. bringing Shamari Connor a rookie along pretty slowly and Dave yep. Barrett thought he sucked in OTAs and now here we are where he's just just a fumble recovery or lack thereof notwithstanding. Just some Shamari ri- Connor has done some ridiculous things this year. Like, he is a blast to watch. Then he's in that yes. circumstance there. It's it, it's unbelievable. Um, also, one real quick other injury. One, I mean, that would be nice, but it's moving target and all. But I get it. Um, real quick, something we haven't mentioned yet, Nate. Ian Abavort did tweet earlier that uh, Joe Tooney suffered a pec strain in the game. Yes. Could be a potential good sign. He's a robot, so I don't know uh, how often yeah, ex- or how much ex- it'll take to replace all the microchips and stuff. But yep, I expect him to play. That makes yeah. sense. The the uh, he 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 was he was in the locker room. He was he good. was not one of those players that is just whisked away, right? Like, um, it's unfortunate. Like, you know, I didn't see Willie Gay because of his neck injury and the fact that it's um, he aggravated it and so it's lingering. Um, and so that that sort of hopefully that frames it for the audience. Like, I did not see Willie Gay. I I saw Joe Tooney. And he was very happy, and he didn't look like he was in excruciating pain. I'm sure he's in pain, um, but I, as of right now, I think many and many people in the organization expect him to play Sunday. 
Um, and I don't, I don't know if you saw. I know, we're listen. We're in, we're living in a post Jason Kelsey world, world now. I'll just ask if you've seen these guys with their shirts off. Um, <laughs> in particular, because somewhere in the back of my head, I remember seeing a photo post pec tear. I can't remember who it was, but their pec up to their shoulder was just like Thanos purple. Um, like yeah, the br- the bruise the, of it, yeah. The bruising, and you could see, I can't remember who it was or what. It might have even been like a weightlifting thing, and I just saw it on Twitter or something mm. a long time ago. But there, Joe Tooney was not slowly turning purple in your eyes. No. Good. Great. No. That's all so I'm Joe, yeah, uh, he didn't even have like an ice pack, you know, usually uh, in, in that situation. So, like, it's, they're going to monitor it. Obviously, he's going to get a lot of treatment, I'm, you know, I would assume today tomorrow even Wednesday like I won't be surprised if he misses Wednesday's practice again for a precautionary situation but of course um even guys last night were were pretty thrilled that he was that he was in good spirits that he felt pretty good um so yeah I mean he's by the way did you see the next gen stats on Joe Tooney no oh boy oh god you look that up let me say here because I kind of like to do we got about 10-ish minutes to, to kind of land the plane here, and I, we have done so much big, big picture, and I do want to pick a couple of performances that we think are interesting or worth highlighting. Nate, you don't you don't have to go more on Joe Tony. You can read the stats and then kind of pick something else too if you want. Yep. But I'd, I'd love to pick somebody that we haven't really talked about, um, or or a point in the game, a player in the game that we can that we can highlight a little bit before we uh, before this this show wraps up. You know, the hour and ten minutes snuck up on us because there's been a lot to talk about. Do you have the next-gen stats? Yes, yes. Okay, Joe, T- Joe Tootie in one-on-one matchups with Ed Oliver. Uh, Ten one-on-one matchups, zero pressures. Yeah, he was he was genuinely terrific. Yep. Um, Trey Smith was, too. The entire line, second dominant performance in a row. And, mm-hmm. hey, um, shout-out, Donovan Smith got beat the second snap. And then after that, you didn't see a ton. Um, shout-out to Jawan Taylor, who... I'm trying to think of a play. There was the the time Mahomes hit MVS deep, but that was a that was a delayed blitz. I'm trying to think of a time that there was pressure that came around the right side, and I'm not recalling much. Now, to be fair, they've got the not even the ghost anymore. It's actually just an in memoriam um, PowerPoint where Von Miller used to be. That's oh. where they line up. That's what they line up there now. Um, Bob Miller, Bob Miller got hyped for stopping a screen pass on the last play of the second half, and I said, "Man, how how far we done fallen?" That's my twenty five million dollars next. Just game. just last year, he dominated the Chiefs Bills game. Yep, just last year, like they they could not they could not stop. It's just crazy. Normally with with defensive linemen, you don't see them just. And I'm just curious, maybe the injury really did him in. But I, I maybe, Jawan, maybe the injury maybe the injury really turned himself in. Again, for for uh, um, next next episode, I'm going to uh, I can't remember who said it on Twitter when I landed on the plane, but oh, you're gonna get all the you're gonna get all the wire references next week. But for Von Miller, or, for, or on Thursday, I should say. But for Von Miller, I can't. How far we done fallen, man, dog? You just <laughs> mm, had no juice in the second half, zilch. What? Um, yeah. So when again, it, when it ends, it ends quickly in this league. It does. I so I just you know as far as like specific people, the offensive line. Now, obviously, like the the le- the difficulty level is going to keep going up. 
because Baltimore's defensive tackles in particular, really good pass rushers, great scheme. And I know we'll get more into that, but that's the second game in a row that the offensive line, like the, the plan they had for the offense coming into this year to really revolve around not just Mahomes and Kelsey and one or two other receivers, but Pacheco in the line. That's what this was supposed to look like all year. Um, and you'll never convince me otherwise. I know they were counting on Tony and, and more and just kind of got it wrong. That happens. But they also thought that the line would consistently win at that level. And when they do, and then Pacheco, I mean, who also just, it's so much fun watching Isaiah Pacheco with people that don't watch him quite as frequently because they're just like, what's wrong with him? I'm like, I don't know. I really don't have an answer <laughs> for you. But I'm glad like that he is apparently nuclear powered while the rest of us are just stuck with, you know, like blood and, you know, organs and stuff. He's like, I'm convinced you put that man underwater. He doesn't need to come up for 20 years. He will just self-sustain down there, create his own oxygen. So that's, um, that that's the offensive line in general, but Juwan Taylor in particular. Um, and, and then of course, Pacheco and, and I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just going to like name the entire offense. Cause I'm cheap. And shout out to Clyde Edwards-Alaire for continuing to show out in really teeny sample sizes. Yep. Like he's 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 doing his thing in small sample sizes. I'm really comfortable with that one-two punch they've got. If Isaiah Pacheco needs a a rest after an impressive toss that takes you to the two-yard line, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is right there, guys. He's right there. We don't we, we don't consider it. We don't have to do the pop pass. In, in frigid temperatures when the guy's already fumbled what's in the red so Clyde Edwards aware I was like Clyde's right there he's right there that again the nothing in the the first three quarters was weird but I was like yeah we're here ah, okay wait, hold here. on hold on though that was like in terms of weirdness Sean McDermott oh let's end it Sean here, McDermott Josh. Sean McDermott deciding on on a fourth and what fourth and five? Yeah, let me, let, me own, look, like, let me look up the box score from their own like thirty. What are you doing? Their own thirty is Bill O'Brien is like, what are y'all doing? And Bill O'Brien yeah, is the original. What are y'all doing? Like, why would I kind you... of thought going for it there, like with Captain America playing quarterback for your team would have been would have been yeah. Yeah, that that makes perfect sense, especially when you're running the ball for like four or five yards a clip to where the run is like kind of a legit threat. Mm-hmm. And like like from the moment they snapped the ball and I saw it was a fake, kind of tilted my head like this. And I really wasn't even worried because I watched the Chiefs just cave in the blocking. And I was like, well, that was never because at least with the Justin Reed in the 2019 playoffs, at least with that. It got him a one-on-one in space against Dan Sorensen, who, because he's Dan Sorensen, there had been four bad retreats and gone by, and so there's one all-pro level play in him. That's him. Dan Sorensen, four bad plays, one all-pro play. And there's just, there's no in-between. There is absolutely nothing. He is either me or Ed Reed on the look, field, and and it's just great. But look, I, I know, there's a plan there. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know... Y'all seeing that there were 10 people on the field. Here's why it's stupid. Here's why it's stupid. By, by the way, there were people in the press box that are like, I don't know if they have 10 people on the field. Now, I don't know who the missing person was. That is something we'll ask Dave Tobe on Thursday. 
But here's why it's, here's why it's stupid, guys. For a multitude of reasons. A, you're only down three. B, it's early in the fourth quarter. C, just hold them to a dang field goal. And guess what, kids? You're still in a one-score game. Six uh, or five, whatever. As Josh said, you have one of the best quarterbacks on earth. Six, the to Seth's point, the running game has been effective all day. Seven, you have Dalton Kincaid. Eight, you have James Cook, who was doing really well in the first half. Nine, anybody but him. Anybody but him. It can't be him. It can't. It cannot be him. You know who I'm talking about. It can't be him. Has he touched? I said this literally in the press box. Has he touched the ball all season? It cannot be him. That is Brian. That is Bill O'Brien's stupidity. And you deserve to lose. Okay? But I, now, now saw, 10. Let's get to 10. He was going to have a moment. That, now, let's get, to, that, let's get to reason 10. 9 can't be him. 10. Why the hell is he going from right to left to right? Everybody look at me. He might as well have been holding up a sign like, hey, guys, yes. I'm going to get the ball. Let's, let's telegraph a fake punt when they have 10 men on the field. And guess what? The special team coordinator, even if he had nine people on the field, would have told him, watch the fake before homie started moving to telegraph the fake. What are you doing? Hey. Tony Rumble's like, well, he checked into a fake. You ain't got to do that. You only down three. I know that I know the defense been getting carved up, but hold on to three, and you're only down six. That was which, that was which, by the way, the Chiefs a... did multiple times. So like, and and the Chiefs didn't have all their best defenders on the field. You know, they were obviously playing with lesser, with guys they didn't anticipate playing with. It is a, it is a. Again, as I said on Times Horse, and they proved to be true, fireable offense, because it cannot be him. It literally can't. You know, by the way, Josh trying to keep a career. 11 so reasons. Why. Reason number 11. Great. Reason number 11. <laughs> I just like. We're not on the plus side of the field. We got it. Wait, I thought 30. What are you doing? It can't be him. Again, it just goes back to it can't be him. Why are you putting him in that situation? Why? It can't be him. Okay. It can't. It can't, goat. It's a fireable offense. I'm absolving the special teams coordinator because he does fire every other coordinator before the before the game started. <laughs> I... Weird for Sean McDermott to step in it like that. Yeah. Well, I just wonder if if he just, you know, talked to them about the importance of communication before. Thanks for being here, everybody. We'll talk to you again on Thursday. Well, I like, just found an example of, like, a team 